great opportunity. Made it here. Past is gone. The future unborn. Opportunity to sink into the only reality, the living present. It's not mental, it's alive. One of the best ways to settle into the living present is to have our attention, obviously, in the same location as our body. This wonderful gift of a body is that it it is always here and is a great resource, a great point of contact with the present. So it's important that you honor this body as it, its senses and its perceptions. One of the ways to do that is to take an upright, relaxed posture, one that is comfortable to the extent possible. Let your body shift from side to side or front to back until you find a center point where sitting upright and relaxed is uh, most effortless. Put a slight forward tilt on your pelvis so that your upper body rests easily on your hips, your neck easily on your shoulders, head easily on your neck. Let your eyes close softly, feeling the soft touch of your eyelids until you cease to feel eyelids and you feel sensation, this point of contact. Gently down to the touch of your lips. Until you simply feel that softness or pressure, the touch of the hands and hovering long enough until you no longer feel hands, you just feel sensation. And finally, your rear end touching the cushion or chair Intimately feeling that experience until it's just sensation. And encompassing the sensations of the whole body sitting. Feeling its aliveness, its vibration. Gentle stillness. And as a way of settling our attention in our body, let our attention be drawn to gentle movements that our body makes when it breathes.
Noticing without any kind of prompting or volition, our body takes an in-breath and an out-breath. It expands, it contracts, air brushes along the nostrils or upper lip. All this happens without interference. As our way of calming, settling, focusing, we connect our attention to this natural process of breathing. We sustain that connection with the breathing sensations through the duration of the in-breath and the out-breath. Let the breath and the body breathe itself. We, and we just notice the body's experience of its own breath. See that the body breathes short breaths, and long breaths, rough breaths, smooth breaths, deep and shallow. Without imposing any idea of what a breath should be. We just notice it and feel it, breath by breath. Letting ourselves go, letting ourselves be with each in-breath and each out-breath. Noticing the fact that we are aware and experiencing this half-breath. How effortlessly the breath becomes known to us. Let our awareness be soft, relaxed, interested, and kind. Mindful receiving of this breath, of this moment.
quite likely and it is natural that after a few breaths, thoughts may arise and mindfulness may not immediately rise up to notice the thinking mind and you may find yourself having been lost in thought. Every point you realize that you, your mind has been absorbed in the imagined past or future moment of recognition is a moment of mindfulness returning, re-arising, so it's a time to appreciate that you are now awake again, aware, fully comprehending the fact that you're here and sitting in behalf of staying anchored to this living, awake, present. We connect again with our body and breath. Drifting into fantasy happens by itself, so no need to judge this. Just continue to appreciate the moments that awareness rises up again. And for the purpose of training, we anchor our attention again with this unfolding breath. Just this moment, just this breath.
Put your mind in your body, body in your mind, intimately feeling the body's experience of its own breath, thinking into it, sticking to it, spreading out all around it, not missing any part of the in-breath and the out-breath. Reconnecting again and again, gently. Placing a puppy back on paper when you're trying to train it. Just this moment, just this breath. Knowing that this is an in-breath, this is an out-breath. Clearly comprehending.
you hear the sound of the gong, just be aware of hearing. After the sound has faded and you're ready to open your eyes, be aware of the experience of opening your eyes, be aware of seeing, and be aware of any other movements that you make so that we have a continuing mindful awareness. Continuity of attention, everything included. Already quite sweet to sit with all of you and looking forward to more of the same. Uh, just a reminder that what I've offered this morning is the initial, uh, initial tool for helping to uh, bring some harmony of our mind and body, bringing our attention together with our body, to bring a sense of calm, to bring a sense of focus, and maybe most importantly, to, to strengthen that uh, kind of steadiness and brightness of mind that then will allow us to notice all of the other experiences that present themselves as they're already presenting themselves. You will notice, as I mentioned last night, you'll notice a whole range of sensations that become stronger than the breath. You'll notice moods, you'll notice thoughts, images, sounds, and as we develop this kind of steadiness of mind, this, this settling of our mind and body, you will be able to more easily notice these other experiences and be able to meet them with the same kind of openness and steadiness that you bring to the simple experience of the breath. Uh, but we do give initially selective attention to the breath just to help us g have a simple anchor for our attention but uh, eventually we move toward what we call non-selective or, or, um, or choiceless awareness where we are equally inviting of any other experience. So for today we keep it very simple, most important to put your, have your attention in the same location as your body. And for some of you that the mindfulness of breathing may be a source of some kind of stress. Uh, there may be a tendency to control your breath. Uh, and as much as possible, we just let the body breathe. But notice that your breath may alter a little bit when you start noticing it. And once you notice that, just let it go. And for those of you who it's just, uh, there's too much stress uh, connecting with the breath, it has other associations, you may just be aware of the sitting body sitting and the contact of your rear, just making sure your attention's in the same location as your body. That's all. So don't you don't have to turn mindfulness of breathing into a religion. It's just a tool to help us to be able to notice everything else. Any questions this morning just, uh, about the instructions or anything you noticed? And each morning we'll have questions. And 
it's highly likely that any question or comment or d a description that you have will be of some benefit to someone else in the room. So it's one of our practices of generosity is uh, the willingness to put it out there if we have it. And, uh, but sometimes the first morning there may be a little less, uh, less to ask about or comment on, but we're open to it for the next few minutes. Please. Yes, he. For those who didn't hear, he'd noticed this morning the the internal process of judging himself and judging others. And this, uh, I would say, just to normalize this, this is probably the most universal experience that. Not to say you're not unique, but, but one of the most common uh, features of our stream of consciousness is the judging mind, and you'll see this. And it's a little shocking at first to see how much judging, either self-judging or judging others. And what we do in our practice, we do a couple different things. Is we, it's, we try to treat it as good news that we're noticing it, because the noticing of it is not that. The noticing of it is just seeing that the judging mind is judging. And so we try to enhance our capacity to notice that. And that's in, sense, in a sense, every moment you make a shift from being caught up in it to noticing it, you, to relate to it instead of from it, you're a little bit more free. Able to see, oh, that's judging. So that's one thing. But also the judging mind has a very strong kind of contractive uh, result and our heart gets kind of tight. And we also try to counter that with the practice of loving-kindness, which we'll, we'll include tonight in the practice. But in the meantime, we try to approach the, the pain that comes with the judging mind. We try to approach it with a lot of kindness. Kind attention to the judging mind. It's, it's, not, it's nobody's fault. But that becomes clear as we go along. So anybody else have a judging mind that you noticed? Please raise your hand. Anyone else? Hey, we have a. Oh, oh wait. Oh, please. Is there a particular? Is there a particular way to deal with pain in your body? You say something about the breath. Well, in general, dealing with pain in the body is we, we try to move beyond just the monolithic name pain. We try to feel the quality of sensation because it's usually, it's usually either aching or stabbing or burning or itching or, you know, some quality of sensation. We try to make space for that. We don't, and we don't do that in order for it to go away. We do it in order to see if we can experience the inevitable pains that present themselves without compounding it by our, our reactions. So we first try to receive it. Sometimes in order to, uh, to meet the pain in a non-reactive way, it's fine to breathe with it. It's totally fine to breathe with it. But it's, our mind is a little sneaky and it'll start breathing with it in order for it to go away. And that actually creates a little tension. 
So as much as possible, we receive it. And we receive it only as long as we can accommodate it. And we'll go into that much more tomorrow. But sometimes it's actually necessary to redirect our attention to something we can accommodate more easily so that at least we, uh, we don't become uh, excessively reactive. And so we, we have to find our own balance with that. But most of the time we just say, oh, this is what this is. Pain is like this or aching is like this. And we not only notice it, we notice what happens to it. We start to see it as a changing condition. And that's where insight comes. So then it's not about getting rid of it. Anyway, so much more to say about that tomorrow and as we go along. Last one. Nice to see you. Imagine futures would come even with the breath and then come back to the breath. A lot of practicing about the future, you mean? Yeah, a lot of rehearsing. And so what we see in the course of our... And it's insight comes right at the beginning, how unbidden the thinking mind is, how it's, how it's not so personal. It just... They, the mind just spews thoughts. And they're usually related to something in our, in our situation or our life. And... We just try to notice that. Each one of those is, a, it is another experience to notice, to notice how that thought comes, how it goes. And then f- for the purpose of training, we, we anchor our attention back in our body. But try to be really gracious with the fact that the mind is wandering a lot. It has a lot of practice. I just heard a video lately by an 11-year-old boy who says, whatever you practice, you will become very good at <laughs> and we're very, <laughs> we're very good at, at being uh, drawn into our uh, imagination. So, human. So we have many little things to cover this morning. One, uh, Ashley will say something about the yoga. Do you want to say it now? you want to talk about it now? We have some, the equal partner to the sitting, which is the walking practice that Mark will share. We also have a little ritual that um, will include anyone, anyone that's already turned in your phone, you can participate in the ritual of giving up our devices. But Ashley will say a few things about the yoga. Okay. So we're going to do some yoga today. There's going to be two opportunities, and I ask that you come to just one. We'll have the first yoga opportunity will be um, at 9.45 when we're done here. And this half of the room will go. And the second yoga opportunity will be at 11.15, and this half of the room will go. Um, The yoga will be pretty gentle, fairly gentle, and very focused on mindfulness and getting our body moving a little bit and working out stiff neck, stiff knees from sitting so much, just to support you while your time here. You uh, don't need to wear fancy yoga clothes, just whatever you're wearing is totally fine. And if you have a mat, you can bring it, but there's also tons of mats and stuff for us upstairs. So the yoga is if you go out into the lobby and up the stairs, we're in the room upstairs. And I'm looking forward to practicing with you.
So now we're going to have a little ritual to give up our devices. And um, you might consider that your devices are going on retreat. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to all be together. (laughs) They're going to be in their own little community of devices. And so what we would like to do for those of you who... um, who have a device that you would like to surrender today, we have this um, technology basket. And what we would like you to do is, uh, starting from the back, form a line up the front. And you'll come, uh, you'll walk up to uh, the basket and bow and place your um, device in there, if this is comfortable for you and then bow again and we'll just ring the bell. And we'll start in the back and uh, uh, have people line up to come up through the middle. Does that make sense? And then uh, while we're doing this, we're going to do this little uh, chant that we have of the four divine abodes or Brahma Viharas. And uh, we will talk a little bit more about that tonight at the 8.15 sit. So, just to be clear, the four divine abodes that we'll be chanting that Mark is going to lead us in <laughs> are um, metta, which is loving kindness, karuna, which is compassion, mudita, which is sympathetic joy, and dupeka, which is equanimity. And we'll just chant uh, metta, karuna, Mudita Upeka. I'm not a singer, so Mark's going to do it. No lie, but And uh, just walk up and as mindfully as possible, you know, a bow, place your device in there. And if you already have given up your device, but uh, we encourage you to participate in the ceremony anyway, just come up and bow. And then we'll go back around the sides to your places. Does that make sense? And, and as we do this, um, the Buddha talked a lot about the joy of renunciation. Right. Generally, we think about renunciation as like, oh, I'm giving up something, it's uh, deprivation. But actually, this should be a joyful ceremony where we actually, as wonderful and as amazing as our digital gadgets are, it's also very relieving to put them down for a few days and actually give our mind and heart a little digital detox, which is actually very relaxing and soothing once we get over the little itch of wanting to, you know get on and find out what that ping was. Right. So. so this renunciation is giving up the thing that actually causes us stress, even though it, on the surface it seems like it's sometimes very intoxicating and pleasurable. So that's why renunciation can be joyful. Right, and it's setting an intention to um, nurture the seeds of a, of a deeper well-being. You know, we're letting go of one sense of well-being for a much deeper sense of well-being. It's a very wholesome thing. And we're watering the seeds of that intention in us as we're doing this. So it's, uh, you know, it's a very wholesome and uh, useful practice. So we can start. Want to start in the back? The back row. And I'll just chant the chant and then just join in as you feel fit. Yes, please do join in. Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna 
Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita Upeka 
Metta Karuna Mudita Upekka 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 Thank you. So may you enjoy the joy, the bliss of renunciation (laughs) and support um, 
as a sociologist called the, the, the state of attention we live in right now is constant partial attention. Our attention is always divided between our screens and life. So may we put one distractive source down. So I'm going to talk a little about walking practice. So as you see the schedule, there's a combination of walking and sitting throughout the day. Most of you are probably more familiar with sitting than walking meditation. So I'm going to give a little pointers to that. So as a support, I'm going to invite you first to stand, since standing is part of walking. And as you're standing, just notice what it's like to stand. Notice maybe the stiffness of the muscles or the relief of the muscles that come from standing, from the stiffness of sitting. And I can invite you to lower your gaze and bring your gaze of attention inwards. So notice your, your interior landscape, the sense of the body standing, feel the feet on the ground, feel that contact with the earth, the hardness, the softness, the fleshiness, the warmth, the coolness, the pressure, the density, the sense of feet drops away and we're left with this ever-flowing, changing field of sensation, moving. Noticing how the body is always in movement, even in stillness, tensing, relaxing, swaying. So in the walking practice, which is a wonderful support for mindfulness, for embodied attention, we're learning how to live with an embodied awareness. So inhabiting the felt sense experience of the body, whether, whether we're sitting, standing, walking, or lying down, so as right now, as you're standing, just be aware of the whole range of sensations in the body. The pressure in the feet, the movement of the legs, the movement of breath, the air on your skin, the tension or tightness or relaxation. So when we do walking practice in this tradition, we have you walk in a place where you walk up and down we're not going for a walk, we're not going for a hike, we're simply using the walking as a training of awareness to establish itself here in the body in the present moment. So there are walking meditation rooms, there's a walking meditation room up the stairs, there's one downstairs, and um, you're welcome to walk outside. There's, wa- there's places to walk on this patio out here at the back, in the front, on the road. Um, not Sir Francis Drake Road, but just this road within the grounds here. And the idea is to simply be present as you walk up and down. So find a place like these rooms, you probably walk 20, 30 steps back and forth, back and forth. And so you find a walking place inside or outside and first you stand and you just establish mindful awareness, embodied attention as we just did. Really sensing this, the experience of being here. 
and then you begin walking. So we'll just take a few steps where we are now. So lean your weight into your left foot and take a small mindful step with your right. And notice all the movements and the sensations of weight and pressure and then lifting the back foot and lifting and placing. More step, maybe you're running out of space or you can walk in, in step where you are. And then coming back to um, standing. The idea is we're simply present to the changing nature of experience as we experience it through sensations in the body. So as you walk, um, you can walk at different speeds. At the beginning of the walking practice, I like to walk at a relatively normal pace just because my body's a little stiff and just nice to move the energy a little bit, bring the energy up. It's one of the reasons we walk is to modulate the energy through the day. And then you stop, you turn around, and you begin walking again. And the nice thing about the walking up and down is it's really a support for the attention. We're not going anywhere. We're not thinking about the destination. We're just in the contact of the feet with the floor, the movement of the legs, the movement of the body through space. Very simple, not easy, in the same way that Mindfulness of breath, very simple, not easy, not easy, because our attention wanders. We start looking around, how's everybody doing this? How I like they're walking, they're walking terribly over there. They're not mindful, right? We start judging or comparing, or we start thinking about lunch, or I wish I'd brought my yoga pants, or whatever it is. And, um, and then we come back, all right, here, just this step, just this step. And then so, through the walking period, what I find is I let my body determine the pace. So I start walking normal pace and then the body over time I find just wants to start walking slower. A little more dropped in, the slowing down helps a little more tuned attention. But I don't immediately go to very slow walking because my attention isn't as, re as, as refined as that speed requires. So just listen to what pace supports awareness. Have the eyes mostly gazing downward about six feet in front of you so you're not looking around. Of course, if you're outside, you will notice a lot more stimulation, which is why walking inside can be supportive for mindfulness. Walking outside can equally be supportive, but to know the tendency to be lost in the surroundings. Right? At the same time, those surroundings can be supportive. The feeling of the freshness of the cool air, the warmth of the sun, the coolness of the shade, the sounds of the birds, the quality of light. Right, the different textures in the ground surface, right? all these things are supports for awareness. Face out and we come back, and we think and we come back. And we Sometimes if you get particular strong flurry of thoughts and emotions, you can just pause, stand, take a few breaths, feel what's happening, and then resume the walking. Sometimes at the end of each walk, you know, the runway that we have, the 20, 30 steps, I stop, pause, and recommit to this intention to be present, to let go of the trance and habit of thinking, and just be present for this step or these few steps. We'll walk, depending on the walking period, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you'll hear a bell that will summon us back to the room. and. Uh, the walking period isn't a break, it's not a tea break, it's a practice. And the more that you just surrender to the schedule, we, we design the schedule in a way that really supports the cultivation, the continuity of attention. 
So as you sit and walk and sit and walk, you'll find that they each practice feeds and supports the following practice. I had a student who came on a retreat. It was a retreat like this for five days. And it was a really, really challenging retreat. She had a really difficult time. But she said she, there was one walking period where she was walking outside doing the walking practice. And she, uh, in that moment, was incredibly fully present to just that simple act of placing her foot on the earth. And that quality and that experience of the immediacy of presence and awareness and connection. She said the whole retreat was worth that moment. That It's a profane, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about, he says, walking on uh, water is not the miracle, walking, placing a step on this earth is a miracle. Right? You watch a young child, a one-year-old learning to walk, it's a miracle that we can navigate on two legs. We lose that. When we when we when we when the body now learns how to do something, we go on autopilot. So with mindfulness, we're shifting out of that autopilot into the immediacy and the freshness and the juiciness of uh, this moment, right? this quality of beginner's mind. Imagine you've never taken a step before, and be as curious as a biologist or a scientist or a child as you take a step, and you notice how amazing it is that the body knows how to do that mechanically by itself. So that's enough for walking for now. So we'll walk um, for a period, I forget how long it is now, probably 30 minutes. We'll hear a bell, come back. Pardon? That's yoga. Ah, yes. The bell ring is here. Why don't you come up to see us and we'll tell you the time. Okay. So, which half of the yoga side room is doing yoga? This side's doing yoga. This side is walking. And then you'll have the pleasure of walking after yoga in the second sitting and vice versa. Okay. Enjoy your practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.